NEC Hoops fans, we are back again for NEC on the Run on the NEC Overtime Pod, your favorite podcast of the week with myself and Ryan Peters, our expert blogger at Pioneer underscore Pride on Twitter. We'll start with our weekly takeaways and a quick look at the NEC standings. What's brewing there, Ryan? I mean, you have to look at Merrimack and especially Wagner ascending to the top of the league. Uh, Wagner was sitting at one and four a few weeks ago. They've won seven straight. It's the longest streak an NEC team has had this year. They are now eight and four, tied with Merrimack at eight and four. Merrimack's won seven of the last eight. And then Sacred Heart also improved their position. They're in fourth place now after their uh, methodical victory over Central Connecticut on Wednesday night. And so you, you kind of look at the top of the league. Bryant, they're going to be coming off the pause here with two critical games against Merrimack. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but then a number of teams, you know, four other teams in the Mount, LIU, St. Francis, Brooklyn, FDU, they're all right there. They're all within, you know, striking distance of getting that top four spot in the NEC tournament. So it's going to be a fascinating two weeks moving ahead. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We're going to start out talking about Wagner now. But you have a Wagner team picked eighth in the preseason poll, a Merrimack team picked seventh. They're tied for first. And then a Sacred Heart team picked 10th. That's in fourth. So as usual, our coaches uh, don't know what they're talking about when it comes to picking uh, uh, the top teams. That's not true, but sometimes it is. Let's start with Wagner. Seven wins in a row. Now in control uh, for the top spot right now. What? How has the, the script been flipped with the Seahawks? I mean, Bashir Mason's group is back. I mean, this is the best the teams look since their 2017-18 team where they won 23 games um, and they, they were 14-4 and four in the NEC that year. Um, they're doing it with great scoring balance, but obviously it's all led by Alex Morales, the two-time reigning NEC player of the week. Um, he's been fantastic. And I, I think, quite frankly, he's a player of the year front runner now, the way he's been playing. I'm, the thing I love about Morales is obviously we know his versatility is great. He's six six. He's a wing. He could do anything, though. If Wagner needs him to get a bucket off the bounce, he'll do it. If Wagner needs him to get a rebound, he'll do that. If, if Bashir Mason needs him to be a floor general and get teammates involved, he's going to do that. And then also Morales can also ratchet it up on the defensive end, get a steal, get a turnover. And so you, you kind of compliment Morales with Elijah Ford, who, by the way, is third in the league in scoring, you know, an unguardable four or five who could slash it um, to the rim. You know, he's got that nice elbow jumper. He, he's quite frankly, unguardable in the NEC, in my opinion. And then you look at, you know, Will Martinez has really matured. We've talked about him before as an under the radar guy. He really utilizes his size as kind of that point forward really well. He could finish in traffic. And Delani Hunt, he's turned into kind of the rookie of the year front runner. He's played really well making shots and making the most of Wagner's transition opportunities. I mean, those four guys right there, Wagner's got a really good scoring balance, and I like their tough physicality and defense, especially in their weekend sweep over the mound. They've been really impressive on both sides of the floor, and I, I like the way that they they trot out all these six five players out there at the same time. They make life miserable for for smaller guards at times. They can all uh, take you down low. They can shoot from the outside. You know, Will Martinez comes off the bench, and what a player to come off the bench. He's running a seven-man rotation. And on the second night of a back-to-back -back playing seven guys is not easy. And they're making it happen. And they're, they're looking strong. So an impressive last few weeks for Wagner. What else is jumping out at you, Ryan? 
I mean, the defense, I think, you know, they, they had a really good defensive performance against the Mount St. Mary's. That's been Bashir Mason's hallmark before, right? But they haven't, they've kind of gotten away from that model. But now you look at Wagner, they're top in the league in offensive efficiency. They're starting to play better defensively and combine those two together. That's kind of a lethal combination for the rest of the league. All right, let's go quick into Merrimack, all tied with Wagner, eight and four at the top of the conference. Merrimack, great story, as always, lost their top three players, sitting pretty right now. Uh, what are you seeing with Joe Gallo's crew? I mean, they took care of business in New Britain. They went into, you know, went into Dietrich Gym and, and beat Blue Devils in a sweep there. Uh, they extracted 35 turnovers, held CCSU to 98 points in two games. The offense was more of a grind, but they got it done inside the arc in that first game. They made 59% of their twos. In the second game, the threes started to fall. They, they made 42% of those. And, you know, again, like Wagner, they have great balance. And the thing that I love about Merrimack is even when the offense is a grind and they're having trouble making shots and getting the ball in the bucket, they can stop you on defense at any time. And that keeps them in the game. They're never going to get blown out of any of these games. And so when you have that formula, when you have that ability to stay in the game at any point and just wait for your shooters like Jensen or Daring or those guys to get hot, um, that's, that's kind of, that leads to basically having, having the ability to, to be near the top of the standings and kind of putting together a win streak. Once again, some magic up in North Andover, Merrimack, top of the standings along with Wagner. Those are our weekend takeaways. Now for our Twitter timeout. It could also be a milestone. What do you got, Ryan? Congratulations to Glenn Braco, the coach of St. Francis Brooklyn, 11-year coach, getting to 150 wins. I mean, he's the elder statesman of NEC coaches, and you know he hits the milestone. And the thing I love about Braco, he's just, he's just had really good consistency throughout his career. If you include the season where the Terriers are 7-7 seven and seven in league play, St. Francis Brooklyn has been um, – has had a winning record or they've had been at 500 for eight of those 11 years that Glenn has been coaching the team. That's just incredible consistency. And we can't forget that he's also a two-time Jim Phelan coach of the year recipient as well. Um, you know, he's, to me, he's the perfect man to lead that program in Brooklyn. He knows the city well, he knows how to recruit New Jersey. He knows how to recruit, recruit New York city. Um, and the kids love playing for him. So congratulations to, to Glenn break on here's to another 150 wins down the road. Yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. He's really um, part of what makes the NEC special, Glenn Breka. And, you know, he had a, a run as an assistant. And now this this lengthy coaching run gets him to uh, 150 wins, 100 NEC wins now. So congratulations on the milestones, Coach Breka. Uh, looking forward to seeing what your team can do now down the stretch as uh, the Terriers fight for a playoff spot. Always love our Under the Radar segment. Ryan, who did you pick this week? Four-year senior, six-five guard Devin Jensen. Um, you know he was in a he was in a shooting slump early in the year, but I'm confident in saying that Jensen is shot out of that, and he's back to being kind of that lethal perimeter presence for Joe Gallo. You know, over his last four games, he's averaged 12 points, four and a half rebounds. He's getting a steal and a half a game, and most importantly, he's he's making his shots from deep, 44% from three. And the thing that I love about Jensen, he's not the greatest athlete, but he's he's such a high IQ guy. Um, and he's really good to kind of pair with Miner and Reed at the back of that zone because he just knows where to position himself. He's very good in the wings. You know, the wings in that, in that zone have a lot of responsibility. They, they have to, like, kind of keep in, keep in line with the perimeter, make sure the three-point shots are contested. But then he's also got to contest passing lanes inside that zone, and Jensen's really good and adept at doing that. Bruce Beal said it, the central great central announcer the other day. He's got in the gym range. He's got a quick release. Devin Jensen, 
He's our under the radar player of the week. Now's the time for our star watch. And there is a star that is growing in Brooklyn. Who is it, Ryan? I mean, it's more of a star warning than a star watch. He's been playing really good basketball for a long time. That's Travis Adson of St. Francis, Brooklyn. I mean, this week in particular, St. Francis, Brooklyn needed two wins at FDU. And they, they came through and got the victory in large part because of Adson, 39 points on 14 of 22 shooting in the two wins. Um, his efficiency is fantastic for, for kind of that smallish stretch four NEC guy. Um, he's a high usage guy, but he's, he's been very efficient. Um, and he's a shot maker. He's draining 60% of his twos, 44% of his threes. And I like that he's tough. He could go inside and get a rebound. You know, un Unique McLean's similar in that respect. Both of them are very good rebounding guys, despite their smallish uh, stature compared to NEC bigs in this league. And, uh, and Adson allows Glenn Brake to kind of run out smaller lineups so they could push the pace and kind of highlight the strength that the roster has in kind of playing high-tempo basketball. Yeah, he's a, he's a versatile player. And, and give me enough – give me guys that can shoot the ball. And he's one of them. He can do it from all levels. And you pair him up with – Chauncey Hawkins and Unique McLean, and it's a it's it's a it's a good you know building block uh, that you sur and you surround those guys with some with some role players and the Terriers are tough and you, and you saw it in the sweep of FDU. So Travis Adson, he is our Star Watch performer this week. It's the NEC Play of the Week segment, and I am all in on this one, Ryan. You picked a good one this week. Go for it. I mean, it's easy. It was part of the Sports Center's top 10 uh, one of these nights. It's Malik Edmead throwing it down at Central Connecticut. I mean, the five foot 10 Malik Edmead, you know, showing off his speed, athleticism, and hops just in one play. And you don't typically see a backdoor cut 30 feet from the rim, but we got one here. And then it kind of opened up the lane for him and he just went straight down it and flushed it. Um, you know, the guards got tremendous athleticism, as I mentioned, speed. Um, and he wasn't even supposed to play this year. You know, pre pandemic, him and Gallo had an agreement that he would redshirt. Um, and kind of get ready for his for the next four years but the NCAA grants that free year of eligibility to all the players so why not play him and it's been kind of a boon to, to Merrimack now they have a, a deeper rotation because of it and he's been a critical piece for for Merrimack in this seven of eight winning streak one of the top NEC uh, rookies in our in the class in what's a very good class this year he's going to be a big time scorer in the conference and I did not see that dunk coming when that happened, I jumped out of my seat. One of those plays that immediately screams NEC play of the year candidate, Malik Edmead, an exciting and talented young freshman on Merrimack. Now we hit our top milestone of the week. We are at FDU, and the winner is? Elijah Williams. He scores his 1,000th point as FDU night. Um, you know, Elijah, he's, he's an e a kid that's easy to root for, very versatile. He's been a winning player for his four years big time contributor for Greg Horenda. And you, you look at his senior line, you know, he's kind of, he, he's had that linear progression that you'd like to see out of a four-year player. And now he's, he's playing his best basketball as a senior, 14th in scoring, fourth in rebounding in the league, third in field goal percentage, 12th in assists, fourth in blocks. You know, I could just go on and on about his versatility, his ability to play around the perimeter, play near the rim, to, to get it in gear and transition and to defend the basketball. You know, congratulations to Elijah Williams on a tremendous career. Him and Jaleel Jenkins, four-year seniors at FDU. That was a heck of a recruiting class by Greg Renda. It was. I love the term linear progression that you use. And it, it, it is so apt when you talk about Elijah Williams, who was really good as a freshman. And that shows you how good he is now. And he is, you know, he was named preseason 
all NEC, one of the top players, can get buckets from different uh, multiple angles. It's such a fun player to watch and a, and a tough competitor. So congratulations, Elijah, on your thousandth point. Ryan, we got a couple games to watch this week. Let's start with our TV game, Mount St. Mary's at FDU. The game will be live on ESPN3 and, and Masson at 2 p.m. Uh, SNY will air it on tape delay at 9 p.m. This is a big this is a big game for both teams. Both teams fighting for a playoff spot. Should be an entertaining matchup. What do you see? How are you projecting uh, this one to go? I mean, Ken Palm calls it a one-point game at this point, so you, you can tell how, how close uh, this game is going to be. And like you said, it's critical for both teams kind of jockeying for that position in the NC, NEC tournament. Um, you look at the Knights, they're currently 15th in the country in three-point percentage at nearly 39%. And yet the Mount's strength, one of their strengths anyway defensively, is contesting shots with their imposing size, both around the rim and also around the perimeter as well. You know, they've only given, they've only allowed opponents to shoot 30% from three. So that's going to be a key matchup to see how the Mount can slow down Jaleel Jenkins. Brandon Rush has had a couple big games of late and he could really shoot the three well. Elijah Williams has stretched it out. So uh, even Kalen Baker is making his shots too. So um, I, that's going to be a fascinating matchup to see, you know, how F the FDU offense pairs up with the Mount defense. That should be a good one. Ryan, this next series I will be locked into all weekend. Merrimack, Bryant, back-to-back, -back, one game at Bryant, one game at Merrimack. An unbelievable contrast of styles in this one. Should be entertaining and key matchups as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have the the high potent offensive attack of Jared Grasso's Bryant team, and then you have Merrimack, who's got one that, you know, I believe at, at, at this taping is the second best defensive efficiency in the league. And obviously that two, three zone is really grinding. I'm going to look at the tempo for this one. Cause Brian obviously wants to run up and down. They want 75 plus possessions in the game. Merrimack doesn't want that. They want to grind it down to a half court game. So I think the tempo is going to be very telling to see how this is going for either team. And also too, it's just going to be really interesting to see Brian's had a little issue with turnovers this year. They do turn the ball over and obviously Jared Grasso's, um, Specialty is getting his team to, to extract turnovers and score score off those miscues. So um, it's going to be a fascinating matchup again, just like the Mountain FDU offense versus defense. And then I think tempo is also going to play a key role here. Yeah, let me put you on the spot. If you had to say right now, will this will the games be 60s, 70s, 80s? Where do you see these games kind of falling in if they're close? Um, you know, so Merrimack, Brian, I kind of see them. I see them being in the high 60s. I think the first one, the 70, might win this game. I think typically when you have a, a fast-paced team against a slow-paced team, you typically see the slower-paced uh, team win out. So Brian's just going to have to make shots, and they certainly have that capability with Chris Childs, and Michael Green's a terrific playmaker, maker, and so is Peter Kiss. So it's just who can execute in the half court, and we'll, we'll see who wins that battle. But I think it, it may turn out to be like that. Yeah, it should be good. Some star power in this one. Should be entertaining, as I've said before. Games all weekend. You can watch, as always, for free on NEC Front Row and on the NEC On The Run app. Looking forward to this weekend's action. Okay, Ryan, that's going to be a wrap. We only have about two weeks left. We are headed down the home stretch for a photo finish. Can't wait to see how it all plays out. We will be back again next week. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right, folks, that's it for this week's NEC on the run on the NEC Overtime pod. We will see you again next week.